Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. We're looking at uh, old messages from about um, almost 10 years ago now, actually, for messages that um, Pastor Kevin's preached, his kind of arsenal of, of amazing stuff that God has put on his heart. And, and we're going back over some of this stuff because, you know, uh, how many people know that if God said something to you a year ago or two years ago or 10 years ago, it's still true today because what God says is always truth. God doesn't say something one day which isn't true the next day. What he says is truth is truth is truth. And so it's really, really exciting to go back over some stuff which, which was true years and years ago and see how God's still using that same truth today. It's really, really good. Yeah. So today we're looking at the promises of God. Ruth preached an amazing message this morning, which really dovetails nicely with some of the stuff I'm going to be looking at uh, tonight. If you weren't here this morning, then check it out on um, check it out on iTunes. You can give it a listen. It's it's really, really it's good stuff. Um, I'm going to start on a bit of a downer. You know, how many of us think that? Not <laughs> oh, that you know. You've got to have somewhere to go up to, right? Uh, how many of us know that we live in a fairly greedy society? Would you, would you agree, disagree? Uh, maybe yes, maybe no. I don't know. I, I think we live in a fairly greedy society. You know, we're, t- we're kind of encouraged through media, TV ads and things like that to go after more and, and have more. And, and the bigger the house, the better you are. And the, um, the, the bigger your car, the um, bigger your something else. <laughs> <laughs> We're told that success is about having excess. You know, you've got to have as much as you possibly can do. Um, and it's, it's a bit of a... I, I think, you know, folk are kidding themselves if they're chasing after, after that stuff. And sometimes it's a bad thing. Sometimes it's not really... It, it completely sidetracks you and it'll get you mixed up and your priorities will get all wrong. But it can also be a good thing. You know, it's good to desire after more of God. It's good to desire after more, more knowledge, more intimacy with who God is and what he has in store for us. And you know what? Today, I, I like to think of myself as a little bit of a, a tech guy. I like technology. I like, you know, I don't have to look at a manual to know how to work a remote control. That's an important thing about um, being a, a born after a certain age. I think you just know how certain things work. Um, you know, 21st century Christians are more connected than at any point ever in the history of the world, ever. You have more information, more communication, more content, more knowledge, more, more stuff available in your pocket on your phone than has ever been available to anyone else ever in the history of the world, which is amazing. So you know what? Sometimes it depends on what you're going after, but if you want more, if you want more gods, now's a pretty good time to now's a pretty good time to get it because I think we've got uh, the ability just to push in and see so much more. You know, it's funny how society tells us to go after more and to try and get as much as you can and to take and take and take and get and get and get. Um, how how come even though that's the case, so often there's a lot of times in life when we actually settle for second best and we don't we don't always end up getting all that we set out to to achieve you know sometimes we uh we give up before we reach that that key milestone and that that maybe kind of stands a little bit of contrast that that where we aim we don't always reach and society's saying go after more go after more and sometimes we actually settle for second best we say oh no this is good enough 
So I, I want to talk tonight about how we can make sure that in our lives we're actually hitting those milestones. That if, there's, if there's areas in your life that you're wanting to reach out and attain, if there's stuff that you want to go after, then how can you get something godly around your life that's going to make sure that, doesn't matter whether these are big or small things, whether it's about, I, I don't know, dropping cigarettes or whether it's about getting a promotion, that, that we can put these milestones and actually aim for them and, and attain them, get them, whatever that might be for, for your life. Because you know, God has amazing promises for all of us. Like I, I love, I love, I love so much going over the promises of God in all the different areas. And it blows me away because I think oftentimes we can get focused on maybe one or two, but we forget how much God has in store for our lives. It's, it's so good. So if you go through the Bible, you'll find that there are promises specifically about your family. There's stuff that God says about your family, about how he's looking out for your family. There are promises in the Bible about your marriage, your, your partner, your spouse. There are promises over your health. You know, the Bible, God speaks out about how he wants us to, to have health. You know, there are promises in the Bible if you suffer from depression. There are promises from God about how to deal with that, about how he's going to act on your behalf. There are promises from God if, if you're struggling with finances. There's, prob- there's promises from God that, that, that you'll be saved when we trust in Jesus. And, and that, 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 that last promise is the, the most amazing, that's the promise of the Bible right there, that, that through Jesus we can have relationship with God. It's amazing. It's, it's incredible. But you know, how often do we kind of push aside or forget about all those other promises? And maybe, just, maybe we just uh, we relegate God's involvement in our lives to being like the last minute substitute. Um, you know, we just the guy we call him when we need bailed out. The last minute, you know, ah, I'm in a bit of a pinch. Better, better get God. You know, don't get me wrong. Our salvation, what, what, what God did for us on the cross is, is nothing short of miraculous. It is the grace of God. It's the undeserving favor of a God who loves you so much. Yeah. Stepping in to do that which we could not do ourselves. Salvation and the gift and the promise of salvation is, is one of the most valuable, if not the most valuable um, gift treasured by, by Christians, just held so dear. But the gift isn't the end. That salvation isn't the end of God's promises for your life. You know, when, when Jesus died on the cross, that opened up the doors for us to step into a relationship with God. And, but then relationship with God opens up so many more doors to so all these other promises of all this other stuff that God has for us. And it's not just like, right, cool, got saved. I've done my bit. I'm going to go chill out now. You, you guys can look after yourselves for a little while. You know, that's not what God's like. God's like, right, yes, you're back in relationship. Now we can really start doing business. Now we really can start going after the promises that I've got for you because I've got way more in store than just you getting saved. Yeah. You know what? Our God is not a scrape you over the finish line God. Yeah. I absolutely believe that. God is not interested in you just just scraping through, just making it. God is interested in you so much. He has promise after promise after promise for your life, for all those areas that I've already covered and all, all that stuff. Um, and, and saying, Jesus, I need your help is just the beginning. Yeah. That's just the first promise of so many. Yeah. I want to just, uh, just unpack um, some, of that, some of that today. 
Um, if we could turn, if turning your smartphones to Second uh, Peter chapter one, Second um, uh, Peter chapter one and, and verses, uh, we'll we'll read. Uh, we'll start at verse two just now. This is just an amazing passage talking about how um, we've been saved and, and the promise of salvation. So I'm, I'm reading the new the New Living Translation because it's the best. May God, may God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We've received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. Because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption. I'll read that again. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Just pause there. How amazing is that? Because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. Not one promise, not just the promise of salvation, but multiple promises. All the stuff which God has stored up. These are exceedingly great and precious promises. And yet, I don't know how you feel today. Maybe you, maybe you don't really seem that, that excited about, about that because I think that a lot of Christians don't possess those promises that, that have been laid out for us, which is a sad thing. And, and I hope today that we can really go into how we can make sure that we're going after the full promises of God. Yeah. I, I think there's two reasons why, why Christians don't always grab hold, not just Christians, why people don't always grab hold of the promises of God, what they have for them. I think, firstly, sometimes they don't even know that they're there. You have to know that those promises are there in order to step out for them. There's this, um, there's this amazing example of that in, in Acts chapter 19, and, and Paul's traveling, and he reaches Ephesus, and he meets some uh, believers, he meets some Christians, and he goes, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And the response from these people is, no, they didn't know there was a Holy Spirit. They, they, they couldn't receive what they didn't know was there. There is a promise that Jesus, Jesus left his disciples. I have to go so that the Holy Spirit can come, so that the counselor can come, so that the, uh, so that the guide can come and be here with you. So there was that, there was that promise there that Jesus had to go in order for this to happen. And yet these guys were not living in the fullness of that because they didn't know that that was there for them. Yeah. No, they replied, we haven't heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And so Paul prays for them and they get filled with the Holy Ghost. They suddenly have this revelation of who Jesus is and they get filled up and suddenly they get that, that promise kind of released over them. So sometimes we, we don't take a hold of promises because we don't know they're there. If you don't know that God wants to heal you, then you're not going to be looking for healing from God. If you don't know that God cares about your bank balance, then you're not going to be praying over that promotion or praying over that pay rise or praying over your, how much you're giving or, or the, those, those areas of your life where you're, where you're struggling. If you don't know that God's interested, 
I, I tell you what, he absolutely is, 100%, more than you could even get your head around. God cares. He cares about the little stuff that you don't think matters to him. It's not just about the, the big stuff. It's not just about, right, what am I going to do the rest of my life? He, what, he's interested. You know, God, what should I have for breakfast tomorrow morning? You know, he's interested in just doing life. It's about relationship. So find out what God has for you. I googled the promises of God and I came up with a list and all the verses that correspond to all the promises of God it was really really exciting do that just do that it's super easy Google, let Google do the hard work for you you know what the promises of God are not small print in a contract these aren't things that God has said hoping that you won't read them hoping that he'll get away with not having to do it do you know what I mean like, like the uh, oh, what's that Oh, what's that, Robin? Do you want me to do the dishes? No? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> you know, like, if uh, you, you try and you, oh, what's that? Oh, well, I asked if you wanted me to help, and you didn't say anything, so I guess you didn't want me to help. You know, that's not what God's doing here. God isn't saying these things. God doesn't promise stuff hoping that you're not going to stumble across it. Hiding it away. Let's put it in a, put it in one of the minor prophets. They won't look there. <laughs> You know what? God wants you to find out the promises that he has in store for you. So that's the first reason. But then I think there's another reason as well. And I think sometimes we don't always possess the promises that God has for us because we stop short. We don't always go the whole hog. We don't always go the whole nine yards. I don't know if any of you have have started something with the full intention of lasting the course only to to fall short and, and not quite manage. Maybe there's maybe something small, like a book that, uh, that you, you read and you're really enjoying it. I've got so many books that I'm like halfway through sitting on the bookshelf and they've got little like, normally it's like, normally it's boarding cards for bookmarks. That's what I have because uh, normally I, I like reading on a plane. Although now you can take electronic stuff and not switch it off on the plane. So um, that's uh, throwing that one out the window. I'll just be him. Um, sitting with my phone now so I don't know what I'll do for bookmarks anymore but you know what like if we start something let's make sure you finish the course yeah. maybe there is a diet that you uh, that you say right no I'm going to commit to this and I'm going to lose a million stone and I'm going to do this <laughs> and I'm going to do that or, or you join the gym not looking anywhere in particular Um, and you decided, you know, I'm going to go to the gym every single day and I'm going to take my lunch breaks and go to the gym and I'm going to go to the gym after work and I'm going to go to the 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 gym so much they're going to think I work there. (laughs) And like a week later and you're like, oh, I'll go tomorrow. I'll go tomorrow. I'll go tomorrow. See, after tomorrow, woo, every day, every day after tomorrow. (laughs) But that tomorrow never comes. You know, those are maybe a little bit more, um, a little bit more comical, but maybe, re- maybe it's relationships. This may be a little bit more, but serious. Maybe there's relationships where you, you've come to that point where there's that tension, and and rather than going the whole way, rather than resolving stuff, you, you choose to back out. You no, I can't, I can't do this, I can't do this, and, and you run away. So you know, there's some stuff there that I think, I think maybe to to some extent we can all all relate to. But you know what? The promises of God are not there to tease you. The promises of God are not there to set you up for a fall. It's not like some mirage in the distance that you will never reach. 
the promises of God are there as guides. They're there to, to show you what you can get, to show you what you can go towards, to show you what you can attain. When God says, I promise, then you know that you can stand on that. Yeah. You know when God says, you know what, you're going to be healthy. You know what, your children are going to be blessed. You know what? You're not going to struggle for finances. You know what? You're going you're gonna to have an amazing, amazing adventure. And I'm going to walk hand in hand with you doing that. You know, when God says that, he means it. He's not just saying those things to string you along. He's not just saying that so that you'll, uh, you know, just toe the line. He's saying that because he loves you so much. In, um, in Joshua chapter 13, God reminds Joshua of how... The promised land, there's a clue in the name there of that land that was promised by God, was still to be fully taken. Joshua was an old man. He was, I think he was about 90. He'd been, he'd been campaigning for decades, taking land, taking land, taking land. And he got a good chunk, got a good chunk of this, of this land, enough to give out, divvy up all the, the, the kind of different portions, all the different tribes. And... Um, and God comes to him in Joshua chapter 13 and, and says, When Joshua was an old man, the Lord said to him, You're growing old, and much land remains to be conquered. You know what? God, God isn't after us to just get halfway. He wants the best. You know what? If there's stuff in your life that you're believing for, then know that God wants the best. He doesn't want the second best for you. He doesn't want third best. He doesn't want you to fall short. He wants you to attain and go beyond. So that's what he says to Joshua. He says, come on, get up. Pick yourself up. So five chapters later, Joshua gets the, all the kind of leaders, all the Israelites together, and he has a go at them. And he's, he's, he reminds them. And Joshua asks them, how long are you going to wait? This is Joshua 18, if you want to look at it. How long are you going to wait before taking possession of the remaining land the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has given to you? Not how long are you going to have to fight on the off chance that you might get it. It's already there. God's given it to you. How long are you going to wait to take possession of the remaining land? And you know what? Maybe that's, maybe that's you today. Maybe you feel burnt out. You feel like you've been going after something for as long as you can remember and you haven't quite got it yet. And you feel disappointed. Maybe you aimed high, aimed for the stars and you just fell short and, and it just gets you down. You know what? I, I know, from just from looking at the Bible, from knowing who God is, that God has the most amazing stuff in store. And his promises can be relied upon. His word is sturdy. His word is steadfast. His word is sure. And you know what? We can receive that much more when we push in for more of what God has for us. So I've got three, I've got three points. I say I, it's Kevin's notes. Got three points for. Um, I'll take. I'll take them though. I've got three points for um, for how we can go after more, how we can see more, how we can just attain those promises, how we can reach the finish line of those goals that we have. So point number one: go back to your new birth. What what do I what do I mean by that? Well. Let, let's put up, um, if we can get Romans 5 and verse 9 and 10 up on the, uh, up on the screen, that would be fantastic. Romans chapter 5, verse 9 and 10. I'll start reading, you guys can catch up. Since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, 
he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. Look what it says if we go on to verse 11. It says, Now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. It doesn't say we can rejoice now in our wonderful new contract with God or our wonderful new slave relationship with God. It says we've got a wonderful new relationship because Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. So we need to go back to where it all started. You know what? When maybe tonight you've not been saved. Maybe tonight you have not said, Jesus, I need your help. That is the point where it all just all gets taken care of. You know what? God says, yeah, I can do that. I can take care of that for you. Jesus did what we couldn't do and, and made, that, made that way for us. And you know, I think, I think we overcomplicate things a lot. I don't know if, um, I don't know if, you, if you feel that way. Uh, I think I, I tend to overcomplicate things more than I oversimplify things. But um, I was thinking about this one time when I was, um, I was just a, a, teen- a young teenager and um, Rebecca, I don't think you'll remember the story. I don't know if uh, I don't know if it even was on your radar. But this is something that I overcomplicated when I was just a wee bit of a lad. Um, my dad had got a job in the Middle East um, when I was about twelve, just turning thirteen, and so um, my family we we moved to Saudi Arabia for a few years. Saudi Arabia. If anyone knows anything about Saudi Arabia, they know that it's hot, and uh, you're not wrong. It's very hot. <laughs> So we, we moved out there. We moved out in the summer. It hit like 53 degrees in the summer that we moved out there. It was scorchio. Um, and so one of the things that we, you would do, you'd obviously you'd spend a lot of time swimming. You'd spend a lot of time in the, in the pool. We were on the coast, so you could go swimming in the sea, all that kind of jazz. Lots and lots of fun. It was all good. Uh, we just moved over. We got all kitted out with lots of swimming gear because we were going to basically live in the pool for the next like couple of years. Um, and uh, we got all this new snorkel gear and like flippers and stuff um, because there was like a trip away for the youth so um, all the kind of the, the kind of teenage years were going away for the weekend going to this bay there was really nice kind of sw- uh, like kind of coral kind of stuff you could see you could swim around all that so um, we went there on the way back to I think we got a taxi from wherever the bay was back to where we were staying. I can't really remember too well, but it was along those lines. And I left the brand new snorkel and the brand new snorkel mask and the brand new flippers in the back of the taxi. (laughs) I know what you're thinking. My world pretty much ended. (laughs) I was like, because I was conscious of like, it was like, it was expensive. I remember how much it cost, and I was like, "Wow, that's a lot of money." I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't like some sort of like gold-plated snorkel or anything <laughs> like that. That would probably be very inefficient. But it was like, I just remember going, "What am I going to do?" And I didn't realize straight away. Obviously, I didn't realize when I was in the taxi. I also would have just picked up the stuff and got out. But I remember when we got back to the house, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, I've lost the snorkel." <laughs> And I like, this genuinely, this chewed me up for days. Eventually, like, I came home from school one day, and my mum was like, 
Neeler, what's what's up? Are you okay? And I just like broke down. I was like, <laughs> I lost the snorkel. <laughs> I've lost the flippers. The snorkel mask, it's all gone. And I was like waiting for the wrath to like be poured out on me. I was like, well, you know, good 13 years I've had. <laughs> nice knowing you, everyone. I'll get my bag. <laughs> And my, my parents were like, okay, cool, well, we'll get some more snorkels then, shall we? And I was like, man, I have overcomplicated this. <laughs> I was expecting, like, fire and brimstone, and, and, and it ate me up. And eventually, like, I didn't even come out with it. Like, it took my parents to realize that there was something really bothering me for them to go, Neil, what's the problem? And for me to break down and go, like, I've lost... Flippin' flipper and a flippin' snorkel, and um, and you know what? We can overcomplicate yeah. the promises of God. Yeah. We can overcomplicate how God works in our lives. We can set up all these kind of like, if this, then that. Oh, but God only works on a particular day. If I ate something healthy for breakfast, and if I prayed in the morning for longer than ten minutes, and if you know I sang. A worship song in the shower then God will do this you know we make we set up this kind of like obstacle course that we have to get over for how God works in our lives and we overcomplicate things so much you know what come back to the cross come back to the power of Christ's death and resurrection on the cross Jesus died for your sin he died because you were separated from God he took care of it for you brought you into relationship said look you can't Neil you can't do this on your own so here let me step in let me pay the price let me take care of it for you simple you don't have to overcomplicate things all you have to do is say Jesus I need you I'm there it's taken care of you know what keep keep it simple if God says it then it's true stand on that don't overcomplicate stuff you know, it says in John chapter 8, verse 36, one of the most amazing, encouraging verses, if the Son makes you free, then you'll be free indeed. Yeah. Just keep it simple. Yeah. If, if, if Jesus says that you're free, then don't doubt him. Don't double-guess him. Don't think, well, yeah, but maybe he didn't mean me. Maybe he just meant everyone else because nobody knows what's going on in my head. I'm not actually free. You know what? If Jesus says you're free, then you're free. If God says it's done, then it's done. If God says you can be healed, then you'll be healed. If God says, you know, I've got finances for you, then he's got finances for you. Don't doubt him. Just stand on the promises of God. So that's point number one. Don't overcomplicate things. Now I'm going to contradict myself with point number two. Don't oversimplify things. there's There's a fine line. You don't oversimplify things. Philippians chapter 2 verse 12 says, Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. Now that I'm away, it's even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. We can overcomplicate things, but we can also oversimplify things. And you know what? 
I, I, maybe you have a tendency one way or the other. I can definitely see times where I'm both, um, which is a bit confusing. Maybe you tend to oversimplify things. Maybe you tend to overcomplicate things. Uh, here's an example from my own um, my own background, which is a little bit uh, it's a little bit embarrassing. It's a little bit stupid, but uh, it'll give you an example of what I mean. So I, I I remember like this was a while ago. I remember walking along the road and thinking, you know what? Be really, how cool would it be if I if I won the lottery? You know what? If God was just to uh, God was to make me win the lottery, and like I don't even buy lottery tickets, but that wouldn't stop God. So like, imagine like there was a lottery ticket on the ground. That surely morally that's okay. Like morally that's acceptable if you haven't paid for the lottery ticket and you just see it and you pick it up. So I'm like walking along the street, like genuinely like looking at the ground, wondering if there's a lottery ticket. Just, just in case, you know, and that I would just pick it up. Oh, wow, it's got my name on it. Oh, wow, look at all those numbers. Oh, wow, I'm suddenly a bazillionaire. <laughs> you know what? Financial provision is part of God's promise for your life. But there's a process involved. There's, a, there's steps that we need to go through in order to, to work that out, in order to get that. It's not about you know, we oversimplify things. Like, I'm just going to have a lottery ticket like fall into my lap and suddenly, you know, oh, wow, it's amazing, it's a miracle. Rather than finding a lottery ticket at the side of the street, what if I started putting my money in more wise places? What if I started building something that was lasting? What if I started investing uh, on biblical principles? Um, You know what? That's probably not going to make me a bazillionaire overnight in the same way that finding a lottery ticket would. But the, you know what? The promises of God need to be pursued in order to prove their worth, in order to prove their value. You've got to go after it. Yeah. I don't know. Um, have you ever gone hill walking and thought you were at the top of the hill? Thought you'd reach the top. You come up to the crest and you're like, yes, I'm there. And you get up and then suddenly like, it just keeps going. Like what? The, I don't even understand how perspective works. That I thought that suddenly like, there's like half a mountain hidden by a tiny little like hillock, a tiny little like mound. And I've only got like a quarter of the way up. You know, I don't know if that's, if you've ever had that. You realize there's still more to climb. You're like, oh, okay, well, I'm halfway there. And you get up the other half and suddenly you realize, no, there is still more to go. And you have to keep going that little bit further. And you know what? It's tiring. And if you don't do it very often, like myself, then your muscles will get sore. And you want to go home. And you say, you know what? I can't be bothered with this. This is painful. But you persevere. And why is it that we persevere? Well, we persevere because we know that the glory of reaching the mountaintop outweighs the uh, frustration and the pain of actually pushing through and pushing up there. And it's exactly the same things in, in the promises of God for our lives. You know what? Maybe, there's, maybe you've got sickness in your body that, that you want God to deal with. Maybe it's addiction. Maybe it's, I don't know what it is. And you've prayed for, you've prayed for healing. You've prayed for God just to step in and you haven't seen it. And you know what? It can be easy to get disheartened. It can be easy just to say, oh, well, I guess this isn't for me then, and turn back down the mountain. But you know what? You have to get that grunt on the inside. You have to, you have to muscle up and keep pushing because there's power when we push in for what God has for us. Just because God says it's going to happen doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't mean it's supposed to be easy. You know what? God wants us to, to really like, hunker down and push in for more so that we can, we can attain more. 
I remember, I remember hearing this. You know, if there's, if you've got pain in your body, and say, say if you're measuring the pain out of ten, say you've got pain in your body is eight out of ten, and and you get you get prayed for, or you're, you're in worship, and suddenly the pain just you just feel God on you, and the pain drops, and it's no longer eight out of ten pain; it's like five out of ten pain. Don't, don't, don't. Sometimes we just think, oh, well, that's, that's good. That, that'll do. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that. But you know what? God doesn't want us to settle for second best. Don't think that God's tired. Don't think that God's run out of healing juice for the day. Don't, don't think that, you know, that's, that's your lot. You've, you're healed enough now. Maybe if you'd prayed a bit more at the start of the day, or maybe if you'd sung that worship song while you're in the shower, then maybe you'd be a four out of 10 or a three out of 10. You know what? Keep pushing in for what God has in store. Keep going after it. You know what? Praise God for what he's done and keep praising him for what he's going to do. Yeah. Keep praising him for that that 5 out of 10 would become a 2 out of 10, that it would become a 0 out of 10 because that is going after what God has in store. Yeah. There's so much more left for the taking. Just like God said to Joshua, Joshua, you're, there's more. There's more there that I've promised you. Get up, take it. You know, God can be relied upon, so keep going, keep pushing in for it. So that's point two. Don't oversimplify things. Sometimes there's a, there's a there's something important about pushing through, about holding on to it. You know, when you when you reach the mountaintop, if you go hill walking, you know that you earned your way up there. If you just flown up on a helicopter and kind of just dropped off at the top, it'd be good. You'd get a great view, but you would not appreciate the effort that it took to get up there. Yeah. You know that you fought for it. You know that you held on for it. You know that you you earned you just you earned it. Not in like a not in a works way, but that you you flex your faith for it. You know what I mean? You really got in on it. So that, that's point two. Don't oversimplify things. Go after it and keep at it. And my last point, point number three, it's all about relationship. It's all about relationship. Make sure that you've got a relationship with God because relationship keeps you moving in the right direction. Relationship stops you from getting frustrated. Relationship stops you from getting tired. Relationship keeps that, keeps that vision of what you're, lo- what you're looking forward to there. That's where you've got God at your right-hand side saying, come on, come on, push in for more. I know you can see some of it, but I've got more in store just over the hill. Keep going, keep going, keep going. That's what relationship does. Relationship is that buddy. Relationship is that that gym spotter. Relationship is that guy who's going to make you go that little bit further. Relationship is God saying, come on, I've got the best and I'm not letting you settle for second best. Step up. You know what? If you want breakthrough, if you're looking for healing in your life, then get that relationship with God. Step in, push in, spend time with God. You know, let him build your faith as you understand how much he wants you to achieve the promises that he has for you. You know, we, we, we've said this, this verse often about how the promises of God are yes and amen. If you've been in church for a little while, you may have heard, you may have heard someone say that. And, and I love that verse, but I don't really, I must admit, I didn't really properly understand what, what it meant. That It comes from... Um, it's 1 Corinthians, or oh, I didn't take the verse down. It's, it's um, I think it's, uh, oh, someone can tell me afterwards. It's 1 Corinthians something, um, maybe 5, 
Five? Question mark? Don't know. Uh, it's, it's verse 19 anyway. I'll read it out. For Jesus Christ, the Son of God, does not waver between yes and no. He is the one whom Silas, Timothy, and I preach to you as God's ultimate yes. He always does what he says. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with our resounding yes. All of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. Now, what what does that mean? It means that God isn't waiting for the yes from you. He's not waiting for you to man up and and realize that what he's saying is true. He's already said yes. He's made the promise and Jesus has said yes. God said this is going to be done and Jesus has stood on your behalf and said yes. Absolutely. And... And all we need to do is just to step in line with that. Step in line with what Jesus has already done. I, um, I just want to close with this um, amazing, amazing passage. This is something that John Piper wrote on this verse. The promises of God being yes and amen. And he just, he, his words are so powerful. I'm just going to read him verbatim because I, I don't want to paraphrase it. It's, just, it's really good. He says, Every sinner who comes to God in Christ with all of his needs finds God coming to him in Christ with all his promises I'll read that bit again every sinner who comes to God in Christ with all his needs finds God coming to him in Christ with all his promises when a sinful person meets the holy God the loving God the powerful God in Christ what he hears is yes do you love me? yes Will you forgive me? Yes. Will you accept me? Yes. Will you help me change? Yes. Will you give me power to serve you? Yes. Will you keep me? Yes. Will you show me your glory? Yes. All the promises of God, all the blessings of God, in all of the heavenly places are yes in Christ Jesus. Do you get how powerful that is? That when Jesus says yes, it releases the promise of God over your life. And it's relationship that unlocks that. It's a relationship that, that taps in, that allows you to tap into God's heart to see how much he wants for you. Do you love me? Yes. Will you forgive me? Yes. Will you accept me? Yes. Yes. Will you help me change? Yes. Will you give me power to serve you? Yes. Will you keep me? Yes. Will you show me your glory? Yes. It's amazing. All of the promises of God, all the blessings of God in the heavenly realm are yes in Christ Jesus. Jesus is God's decisive yes to all who believe. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website www.junctionchurch.com. God bless.